0: 2020 isn't it amazing incredible um when i was a kid i used to do those things i don't know if any of you do sometimes i do them now i do them less so now there may be a reason for that but i would go so many years ahead and think about the age i was going to be Have, did you, does anybody still do that So, (laughs) I did, in the prayer meeting today, I was praying, I was being very spiritual, but I did it in the prayer meeting at one point, I I suddenly thought, yeah, decade, ten years, what, oh my goodness, ten years, what I'm going to be in ten years' time, and, but over the last week or so, lots and lots of people have been reviewing the last ten years, haven't they, the last decade, things that have happened, changes that have occurred, For some of us, we've been doing that, I don't know if you've been doing it on Facebook, how the difference that some of us look, we've changed in our looks. Has anybody dared to do that one? I had to try and find a photograph. The thing about me is because my hair has been pretty much the same as it is now for quite a long time, I went to try and find a photo. I thought I'd put a photo up. Don't panic, Glynn, because the problem is I don't look any different now <laughs> I did 10 years ago. Genuinely, I'm just a bit more grey if I let it grow. Um, it, that, that's the difference. So, but there are plenty of other changes that have happened in my life, as I'm sure in yours, not least of which becoming grandparents uh, twice over. And literally, we are holding on to our telephones because uh, we have a third grandchild imminent in the next day or three. So uh, we've got that. And then, of course, moving to the Isle of Wight changing very dramatically in one situation there in Swindon for 24, 25 years and, and moving here and such a privilege and would you believe it will be three years at the end of next week or just after um, that we've been here, amazing. But one of my favourite programmes uh, I used to absolutely love, I, I, there were two programmes that I would never miss, well now probably three actually, three programmes, Top of the Pops, uh, Question of Sport. Um, which I just love, and I've just been 50 years of questioning the Sport, which I've just been reviewing, and Tomorrow's World, Tomorrow's World. In um, 1989, Tomorrow's World did a special programme on 2020. What was it going to be in 2020? We're not going to watch the whole programme, although it is quite hilarious. Um, But I've just got a clip here, Lots of volume, um, Warren. Let's just have a quick look, see what... What are going to be the biggest changes in our homes by 2020? Will the house of the future protect the environment? And what new technology do researchers think we'll be living with? Well, we've been talking to some of the people who've been thinking about the home of the future. Christine McNulty. I started the Home of the Future project to find out what people will want from their homes. They'll want all the benefits of modern technology, but without all this cluttered and complex gadgetry that we have today. They'll want homes that work for them. By 2020, all of this will be possible. We'll have things under control without all of these knobs and buttons. And what's more, the technology itself will be embedded in the very fabric of the house and its furnishings. So the idea is, once all the clutter of technology has gone, you'll be able to furnish your rooms in any style you like. You won't actually be able to see the technology, but it will be there, doing its job without getting in your way. That means the lights automatically switch off and on as you walk between rooms. And the home learns how bright you like them. A simple command gives you music, perhaps piped in from a sound library. Bark, please. And no more power points, plugs become pads, picking up power from anywhere on the wall. And even windows will take an active part in the home, according to another researcher, David Button. This is today's glass technology, whereby combining thin transparent coatings with ordinary conventional glass, we're able to change the performance of the glass. We can diffuse the glass for privacy, and with other coatings, we can control the glare and solar radiation. In other words, we can vary the performance of the window. So a simple command could turn a window into a wall, and you could decorate it how you want. Or it could be a television or a computer screen. Well, that may be a little futuristic or too expensive for most people. But there's one area where homes are going to have to You can look at it up on uh, YouTube. You can see the whole program. It's fascinating, though. Some of the things, you go, yeah, that is exactly exactly how it is. Although I'm not sure I'm not the only person who goes into one of the supermarket toilets. And it's like going like that, trying to get... I'm not going in there until the light comes on. But um, I was just thinking about the... Um, my family, Jackie and I can't see any use right now at the minute, but all of my, we've, we've been traveling all across the south coast of England, visiting family members, and they are all got Alexa, and uh, they're all doing this. But the, the amazing thing is my two-year-old grandson telling Alexa <laughs> what to do. But they've, they've got this thing, so obviously... They want him to do something. So little Eli is being told to do something and he doesn't really want to do it. So, so Katie suddenly and actually says, Alexa, set a two-minute alarm. So, and Alexa says, alarm set. And so Katie goes to Eli, two minutes and Alexa. So this is little two-year-old. Alexa, off. <laughs> Followed by Alexa, jingle bells. <laughs> At which point, Alexa plays Jingle Bells. I just... It's two. (laughs) Two. Oh, dear. No doubt, in the last ten years or so, many of you will have seen all sorts of changes, ups and downs. Uh, There will have been all sorts of things that will have happened. Things will have changed. And the reality is things will continue to change in all sorts of ways. And that can be a challenge, especially for those of us who like to be in control. And if I'm honest, I think that's most of us. However, there is a deep comfort in God's Word, a truth to be found in God's Word's truth that declares even though however hard we try we can't control everything there are things that I just talking to steve about they can't control those fires they can contain it at some level they can adjust things a bit they can't there are things we can't control there are things we can't control but however hard things like that, we, we can't control them. Things can feel like they're even spinning out of control. We can declare with truth, through the word of God, God is good and he is in control. He's working his purposes out as year succeeds to year. We recognize our world is in turmoil. It is in turmoil. We, there's no point putting our heads in the sand, we recognise that very much. Even in the news yesterday, there are, there are parts of the news and you think this could be a really challenging time again. There are wars, rumours of wars. There are issues around political, economic, health, the weather, the environment. Huge questions Around gender and identity, diversity, sexism, feminism, ageism, racism. As Christians, we could go as far as to say there's a great deal of darkness. The question is is there hope? Do we, does the church, have an answer? Well, as Ashley began to outline in his reflection last week, there is light. And for those who were here, yes, I did hear it all. Um, for those who weren't here, Ashley swore in church. Um, but we'll, we'll let him off. See, I listen, I listen. We'll let him off because it was an accident, sort of. He's, he's an Aussie, so... but. And after all, tolerance is a very important subject in our world today. <laughs> the fact remains that there is still death and darkness due to sin, due to our rebellion against God, our creator that is in us and around us and in our world today. It's one of the key threads that's there in the Bible right the way through. It's a thread there of rebellion against God, the sin that has affected everything, every part of creation. But there's also another great thread that runs right through scripture. It's one of good news. It's often referred to as the gospel, which is that in spite of death, decay and darkness, God has a plan. A plan to bring about salvation, to bring light and life through his precious son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read a chapter. It's not a long chapter, but I want to read from Ephesians chapter 3. It's a great chapter. I love the book of Ephesians. just want to read this chapter. Just listen to this. This is Paul writing. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus... For the sake of you Gentiles. And then he stops. He says, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you? That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I've already written briefly. In reading this, then, you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body, sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So he goes back to his praying. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit Yes, for a long time it was a mystery, for a long time it was hidden. There were little glimpses of it every now and again throughout the Old Testament. You can see the glimpses of God's plan, it's coming. Some could see it more clearly than others. There were moments of revelation, but now no longer is it hidden. As we've been declaring over the last few weeks, when the time had come, light came. Those who had been walking in darkness see a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, as the ESV puts it, a light has shone. There is hope. There is salvation. Just as we've been reading, it was the Apostle Paul's calling. It was his commission from God to preach, to, to make plain. Literally, the Greek there is to bring to light. It was his commission to bring to light to everyone the plan, the mystery that was hidden in God, God who'd created all things. And we also get to carry that great commission. I think it's fair to say that the church of Jesus Christ stands at such an important and unique time, as much as at any time in history, I would suggest. The church of Jesus Christ has a significant role to play. I want to just take the the rest of our time together, the next sort of 20 minutes really, just to go through some of these verses to help us to to grasp a hope, the hope that we have and to remind us of what we have in the midst of all the things we're seeing, all the things we're hearing, the concerns that we, we may have. Because I believe that Scripture is here for our encouragement to build us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, but also to equip us as we go forward as individuals and as a a church, as God's people together. So I want to jump in at verse 6 and we'll, we'll bring them up as we go along. Paul is talking about the amazing grace of God that has been shown by revealing this mystery to him. In ages past this had been hidden, it had been tucked away, but now he's, there's a revelation that is coming and Paul is commissioned to, to, to make it known, to make it plain. This mystery that through the gospel, the good news, the good news about Jesus Christ, Christians ought to be good news, do you know that? To your neighbours you should be good news. Are you good news to your neighbors or are you known as the grumpy, grumpy religious person? Okay? But we are good news. We have good news. We are good news because we have good news. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Your colleagues. If you're a manager, does your staff know that you have good news? As, a, as an employee, do, do, do your managers, to those around you, know that you're a person of good news? We have the gospel. We have the gospel. And, and it, this mystery, we have revelation. We live in a time of revelation of good news. Some of you are not convinced yet, or it may be just that one too many glass of something that you had a day or two ago. But anyway. But the good news is this the Gentiles, that's you and I our heirs. We are inheritors with Israel. We are members of one body, and we share us together in the promise in Christ Jesus. We are people of promise. There's a lot of doubt, there's a lot of concern. People are saying, you know, what, what's going to happen and, and, and can we do this? And, and, you know, Prince William is saying, come on, let's club together, let's work together for the next 10 years. And these things are good and there'll be great calls on our lives to, to change things and make changes. But in the midst of that, we are people of promise. There is something that goes beyond this world because the reality is that heaven and earth, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. That's what we've got to hold on to. Sure, let's get involved in campaigns. Let's get involved. Let's get involved in recycling, uh, all the other things. I'm not, but what I'm saying is, make sure you also know the promises. And hold on to the promises. Because there is something that goes beyond the next 10 years. The next 50 years. The next however many years until the Lord Jesus returns. You do know, don't you? He is returning. You do know that the day is shorter now than it was. If he's saying through the uh, disciple John that we're in the last days, what days are we in now? Jesus is coming back. We are people of promise. There may be a lot of darkness. And who knows? You know, we pray, don't we? We pray about Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan and America and UK. We pray. We say, oh God, let there be peace. But we have a hope. We have an assurance. There may be a lot of change. Even death and destruction. But Jesus Christ, Hebrews, is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. We need to keep that before us. Because that will affect our thinking and that will affect our speech. It will affect the actions of our hands and our lives. Verse 7, I became a servant of this gospel. There's so much truth in these verses, you can imagine. I want to stop at every word almost. But I love Paul says he serves the gospel. What a great phrase, Greg. He serves the gospel. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of His power. I mean, you could stop at almost every verse. Although I am the least of the uh, less of the least of all God's people, this grace was given me. I just want to stop on a phrase here: to preach to the Gentiles. Listen to this: the boundless riches of Christ. What a thing, Paul! When you when you're traveling this year. You and Yvonne, God takes you wherever, you know, the places you go. The boundless riches of Christ. The boundless riches of Christ. To make plain to everyone the administration, how it works, how this mystery works, which for ages past was kept hidden by God. There are times for me, when I'm reading through Scripture, things just jump out. I'm a highlighter. If you looked at my Bible, you find all sorts of things underlined. The problem is you get to the point where everything's underlined, um, which is tricky. But the boundless riches of Christ. I think we live in a world where there's more words than there's ever been. Not least of which because of uh, social media. But you know, a lot of those words are negative. There's a lot of moaning and complaining. I don't know if you, some of you won't follow much in social media. Well done. Keep going. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't join it. <laughs> but some of you will see lots of social media in different ways. And there's good stuff on there. There is good stuff. And I, I get led to some excellent articles and things that really help me in preaching and, and pastoring in all sorts of ways. But there's a lot of moaning. There's a lot of complaining. People are quick to point out mistakes. I think we live in a world at the moment where people are pointing out mistakes. Do you know why so often I point out mistakes in others? Because it takes the reflection away from me. I know what I do when I do that very often. There's at least three pointing back the other way. In my case, because of my duff thumb, four. But anyway. Yes. People are quick to point out mistakes, to highlight weaknesses and deficiencies pray for the MP. Pray for these new MPs. Pray for people who are genuinely sticking their head above the parapet because we are quick and we're living in a day and a time where we are so quick to point out mistakes and point out deficiencies. And I think it can, in fact, influence us as a church and as people as much as it does out there. Do you agree? I think it can. Can I urge us this year, every one of us, to be a people who regularly, quickly speak of the boundless riches of Christ. The boundless riches of Christ. Jesus. I love the word meditate. I'm not afraid of the word meditate. I want to reclaim the word meditate for the Christian faith. It means to take to heart. It means to have in your mind. It means to dwell on. The issue of meditation is not a problem. The question is what are you meditating on? Or who? Meditate on Jesus. Has been helping my dad to sort lots of his things out, and uh, being the eldest, I get to inherit all sorts of bits and pieces. Some of which are fascinating. I discovered that my grandpa helped to rescue an off-duty policeman in Ventnor uh, in the uh, 1930s. I was walking down the hill in Ventnor and saw an off-duty policeman whose dinghy had turned over, um, and my grandpa jumped into the sea and helped to rescue him, um, which is fascinating. But well, my dad handed me on all sorts of books. But one of the books that I found, it, it just caught my eye. An intimate portrait of Jesus. And I thought, ooh. It's by a man called Leith Anderson. It's quite well known. But basically, it's taking Jesus. It's taking the Gospels, putting it into like a biography of Jesus. I thought, I'm going to read that. Starting tomorrow morning, I'm going to read a page or three and I'm going to work my way through that. just want to say to you, the boundless... Riches of Christ. Let's go back and read again the Gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Just read them again. Find good songs that speak of Jesus and all his attributes. Listen to them. Verse 10 His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Uh, in the New Living Translation, I've been, I've been encouraged to pursue the NLT by Mr. Jones here. So I, every time now, I'm looking up everything in the NLT. Simon, you'll be pleased to hear. But just it helps. In a, God's purpose was this, uh, was to use the church to display his wisdom and its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This is a huge verse. You could do a whole sermon or three just on this verse, Okay. But church, I want to say this to you, we are on display. We are on display. People are watching. Whether you realise it or not, people are watching. The world is watching. Angels are watching. And they are all learning about the glorious, the many coloured, the many flavoured nature of God through you and me you and me. I just, um, John Stott, great writer of this series, Bible Speaks Today, the message of Ephesians and I just thought, I thought, um, I just had to read some of this to you because I just think it is wonderful, um, just on this verse, I was reading it this, uh, this week, okay, the word manifold, pop, uh, pol, I should get Greg doing this, poliupoikilos, okay, means many colours, Used to describe flowers, crowns, embroidered cloth, and woven carpets. The simpler word poikilos was used in the lexicon, which is the, the Greek translation of the coat of many colors or the richly ador- ornamented robe which Jacob gave to his youngest son Joseph. The church, as a multiracial, multicultural community, is like a beautiful tapestry. Its members come from a wide range of colourful backgrounds. No other human community resembles it. Its diversity and harmony are unique. It is God's new society. And the many-coloured fellowship of the church is a reflection of the many-coloured or the many splendid wisdom of God. So then as the gospel spreads throughout the world, this new and variegated Christian community develops. It's as if a great drama is being enacted. History is the theatre, the world is the stage, and the church members in every land are the actors. God himself has written the play. He directs and produces it. Act by act, scene by scene, the story continues to unfold. But who are the audience? They are the cosmic intelligences, the principalities and powers in heavenly places. We're to think of them as spectators of the drama of salvation. Listen to this quote. Thus, the history of the Christian church becomes a graduate school for angels. The history of the Christian church becomes a graduate school for angels. Our knowledge of these spiritual beings is limited. We must be careful not to go beyond what Scripture teaches into idle speculation. It's clear, however, they are not omniscient. They don't know everything. The Apostle Peter tells us they did not fully understand the teaching of the Old Testament or the New Testament apostles regarding the good news of the salvation of Christ. For these things are things which angels long to look into. Similarly, we may infer from verse 10 here that God has not revealed to them directly his master plan for the church, but intended rather to make it known to them through the church. Angels get to find out about the multicolored glory of God through you and I. Wow, no pressure. It's through the old creation, the universe, that God reveals his glory to humans. It's through the new creation, the church, he reveals his wisdom to angels. It seems legitimate to say that though we cannot see them, they can see us. They watch, fascinated as Gentiles and Jews are incorporated into the new society as equals. Indeed, they learn from the composition of the church, the makeup of the church, not only the manifold wisdom of God, but also his internal purpose that he realized in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonderful. That's why we need to get hold of books that are full of truth. Books that grab our our hearts. I love uh, Peter Lewis, The Glory of Christ. It's a huge book. Peter Lewis, The Glory of Christ. Get it secondhand for 10p. You will absolutely just go through it through the year. Astonishing book as it lifts us, helps us to see. Now, I want to pick, pick up on the glorious variety of God that the church is called to display certainly over the next uh, week or so. It's something I, I want us to get hold of again and think about what God is doing even among us. But God has an eternal plan. The New Living Translation of verse 11. God has an eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Be assured of this. Whatever you hear on the news this afternoon or tomorrow, history has not got out of God's hands. It is his story. It's his story. He carried out this plan through Jesus Christ. Verse 12, in him, through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Such great words in scripture that we need to get hold of. We think about society today. We think about the world that we're living in. Freedom and confidence are not necessarily words that immediately come to mind What a joy, what a privilege to be believers in Christ, to know that we can have a freedom and a confidence to approach the Lord Jesus Christ, to know him in our lives. People can say, why why have you got such a peace? There, There seems to be such a freedom in your life It's because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to move on rapidly. So then he's, then he's just giving this little account, verse 13. So he, he, he's in challenging situation. He says, don't be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. In other words, I, I'm doing these things for you, that you might have these things come to you and that you might be made, they might be made known to you. I just want to push on. Then we get to this great prayer, which he started in verse 1. And it's very typically the Apostle Paul. He says so. He starts as you, as you heard. He started it. He says, "For this reason, um, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles." And then he stops. You do know, don't you? By the way, and then fourteen verses. He just wants to unpack for a minute, and then he comes back, verse fourteen, to the prayer. For this reason, here it goes. I kneel before the Father. I want to say, I believe this is a prayer for us for twenty twenty. Okay. You want a prayer for 2020? You want to write 2020 in there? Write verses Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. You could meditate on it for the whole year, I tell you. For this reason, verse 15 onwards. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Just stop there a second. Just remind you again, we are of the Father. We are people of the Father. We carry his name. We represent him. As we go back into the workplace tomorrow, school, college, all of the different things, we are of the Father. Who are you? I'm of the Father. Jesus Christ is my Saviour, Is my brother. I, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. We're representing, we're carrying the name of the Father. Now that, that will mean at times that there will be those who will say... You can't say that. You shouldn't say that. No, but we have a family name. We're standing for our Father. And there are those even today who are doing that in parts of the world that don't have the freedom and joy that we do have. You say things are getting harder. I tell you, they're getting much harder in other parts of the world I want to keep the recording going so I won't say somewhere, but one of our own churches, one of our own situations in another part of the world has had to had to close for the time being. Just this last week or so. Heard about it. It's had to close because it's so dangerous. They they will meet, they'll find ways of coming together, but they're no longer able to be public at this time. Because they're of the Father. We are of the Father so easy for us just to get on with the year, push on with the year, do the decorating, do whatever it is that we're going to get on with. Let's remember we're of the Father. 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. There's another whole sermon, okay? <laughs> Glorious riches strengthen you through his spirit in your inner being. What an amazing gift is on offer to us. What a joy. What a privilege. Fear, doubt, anxiety, condemnation. These are big subjects. They're here in the church. They're certainly here in society. But scripture is saying here, Paul is saying here, Paul is praying, and he's praying truth into them. And he prays truth into us today, that we might be strengthened with his glorious, rich power in our inner being. I want us just to hear this. This is not just a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's just like, I feel a bit better today. No, it's deep within us. This word here has the sense of guts, in your guts, in your inner being. So when those knocks come, when the the doctor's letter comes, when we turn on the news, whatever it was, there's something we are galvanized in our inner being. Strengthened with power through his spirit. So much that we could talk about here. Vital that we continue to pursue the spirit. I want to encourage you. Let's not just be people who like to sing some quick songs or some loud songs. To quote a tweet from Terry Virgo, Terry tweeted today. That's my justification for looking at Twitter on a Sunday. Um, We don't want simply contemporary church culture, but biblical charismatic church. (laughs) We don't want simply contemporary church culture, but biblical charismatic church. We need to keep pursuing that, don't we? Some of us have got to cross some lines Keep pressing out. Let's keep praying for one another. Let's keep praying for those who are unwell. Let's have tongues and interpretation. Let's have prophecy. Let's have gifts of healing. Let's see faith rise up. Let's be biblical, charismatic church. Let's be full of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Dwell. What a wonderful word, isn't it? Dwell. At home. At home. Let the Lord Jesus be at home this year. Lord, may you be at home. May you be at home with me. Dwell in your hearts through faith. It's believing. I'm going to believe you. I'm not going to let these circumstances pull me away. The situation that I find myself in, or the change in economic circumstance. No. Christ, dwell in my heart by faith. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm a person of promise. I'm a person of the Father. And I pray, therefore, being rooted and established in love, such an uncertainty. We do, we recognize there is a great deal of uncertainty. But the promise for the believer is to be rooted and established, firmly fixed, not easily knocked. Not easily knocked over. Some of you know, um, two or three weeks ago, Jackie and I just had one of those weeks where it was a phone call from this and a phone call from that and this and that the other day. It's like bang, bang. And you feel like weebles wobble, but they won't fall down. That's an old one, isn't it? That's more than 10 years old, that one. But that sense of, whoa, you know, dad, just crashed the car. Dad, there's water coming through the ceiling. Dad. It's like bang, woof. Well, established, rooted in love. It's just as true for me as it is for any other person. Come again to the Lord. Place a firm foundation. Because the answer to that is in the love of Christ. It's in the love of Christ. It's in the love of Christ. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to use as his advantage, but made himself nothing, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross, rooted and established in Christ, God has exalted him to the highest place, given him the name is above every name. 18, that you may have power. Who wants power? I do. Some of you are not sure. Power to live. Power for the right choices, the right decisions. To be God's holy people. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How am I going to grasp this? How am I going to get hold of it? By the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you flood me this year that I might grasp in a greater measure the breadth and the depth and the height of the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters, there's somewhere to go. We have somewhere to go. We have not arrived. Anybody arrived here? <laughs> it's a work in progress. We look forward with faith. We push forward we, to lay hold of, to grasp, to take hold of. And if we're unsure, we think, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm strong enough. I I don't know if I have the strength. I have the power. Verse 20. To him who is able. Let's say together. He is able. Let's say it again. He is able. To do immeasurably more. Let's say it. Immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Let's say it. Than all we ask or imagine. Let's meditate on that. To him who is able. To do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to his power. His power. That is at work in us. His power. At work in us. How astonishing is that truth. Really? Yes. His power at work in us. To him be glory in the church. Oh Lord, let there be glory in the church. Oh God, let's just pray for a moment. Let's reflect. I want to invite you to respond. Some of you just need to come forward this morning, not to me, but to come and commit yourself again to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to grow in you this year. I want to respond. Some of us just need to respond this morning. Just come, we'll pray. There'll be a prayer team. Others will pray. But Lord, I want to pray for the church. I want to pray for the church of Jesus Christ. I want to thank you for men like Greg who are seeking to raise up Christian leaders who love the word, who love your spirit. Lord, it's harder and harder. I pray for him and Tammy. pray for others like him who are teaching and equipping. Father, we pray for glory in the church. We pray in this island, across this island, for your glory to be in the church. Lord, we pray for men and women who won't uh, profess anything other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified, who will honour your words and will lift up your word. We pray for your glory in the church, in this nation again, Lord, we pray. Let your glory fall in the church. Let it fall in this nation. Lord, as we lift up you, as we proclaim you, as we acknowledge our weakness, as we acknowledge Our lack, we come running to you. Can I invite you? Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Lord, we just we just we hold out our hands, we hold out our hearts, we 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 come to you and we say, Lord, we we see the world in which we're living. We we see that we hear the questions, we we recognize the doubts, the fears, the concerns. Lord, you are our hope. You're our answer. You're the one we can lean on. You're the one who will meet our needs. We come to you today that we might be rooted and established in the love of Christ. Yes. Oh God, we thank you that this mystery, all those great, great people, that even the, the ones that Les was mentioning earlier, they didn't see what we now see today. They didn't have what we have today. Oh God, forgive us that we take it for granted. Yes forgive us that we take life in your spirit for granted how we so lightly abuse your uh, just abuse your grace as we as we just so flippant oh god take us deeper t- this year take us deeper that we might be rooted and established that we might grasp in a greater measure how wide and deep and high and love is the uh, is the love of christ oh god Oh God, grow us, deepen us. That we might be for your glory and that we might be a blessing to those around us. Blessing to this town. Blessing to this island. Oh God, take us into your words. Take us into worship. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, grow us in the gifts of your grace in our lives. Lord Jesus. We worship you. We love you. We thank you for the wonderful truth that's in your words. We ask you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you. We might know you. Lord, Lord Jesus.